Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact... That's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I love Anchor because it allows me to record without having to spend thousands of dollars on equipment that I would probably have difficulty using anyways. So Anchor makes it all possible with a simple app. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me, Lou Mavs, and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. You're listening to the Music is Life podcast with your host, Lou Mabs. On the Rat Sound Review Network. Welcome to the Music is Life podcast. This is your host, Lou Mavs. And thanks for tuning in. Sorry for the long absence. But life gets in the way. And, you know, I do the podcast for fun. And when life gets in the way, you got to prioritize. But that doesn't mean that I forgot any of you awesome people who listen to the show. Whether it's on Google Podcasts or on Spotify or speaker through the Rat Side Review Network. Big shout out to Wayne for constantly promoting the show. Thank you so much, dude. Really appreciate it. And uh, most importantly, thank you for your patience. But anyways, I'm back. Uh, so at least I'm giving you a new episode this week. Um, as you can tell by the cars moving, it's 12.22 in the a.m. And this is not perspective snuff. No, I'm finishing up a Uber route. Just did it for about two hours. Made some decent change from that. But now I just feel like getting a lot of stuff off my chest and my opinions on what's going on in the music industry today. And uh, I can promise you that you're probably all not going to like it. And that's okay. Because this is my platform to speak my opinion. And, you know, a couple of the things that I like to do in this podcast, for one thing, I like to give advice to young aspiring musicians on what trappings to not fall within the music industry if they choose to want to pursue that as a livelihood and also to just give my critique on what some of the more successful musicians of the past let's see heavy metal itself as a genre has officially 
been around for 50 years thanks to the 50th anniversary of Black Sabbath's debut album from February 13th, 1970. And that is my favorite genre of music, but that doesn't mean that I'm closed off to the other genres that are out there. It just happens to be my favorite, but, you know, I mean, I can switch uh, playlists on my iPhone at the top of a hat if I feel like it. It's just, for me, metal is what gets me through the night. And whatever gets you through the night, it's all right, to quote John Lennon. Damn, that was cheesy as hell, but who cares? My podcast, screw you. Anyway, so what's been going on in the music world? Well, Ozzy Osbourne just dropped his new album, Ordinary Man. And many guest musicians on it from... Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers that's on drums Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses, Velvet Revolver Loaded and Neurotic Outsiders <laughs> oh man that's a throwback on bass guitar uh, who else Andrew Watt from California Breed who released one album then broke up shortly after with Glenn Hughes on vocals and bass, and uh, Jason Bonham on drums, and uh, Slash guesting on two songs, and also Tom Morello of... <laughs> I don't know if I should call them Rage Against the Machine or not, considering the amount of prices that their ticket sales are going for, especially their, um, their ticket prices at Coachella. 500 bucks just to see Rage Against the Machine with a bunch of other 100 other hipster bands <laughs> Oh wow Anyway I'll speak more on that later But New Ozzy Osbourne album Oh and Elton John On the title track What I'm about to say Pains me to say this But I'm going to say it anyways Now mind you Before I say this Keep in mind, Diary of a Madman with Randy Rhodes, Bob Daisley, Lee Kerslake, and Ozzy Osbourne is in my top five favorite albums list of all time. Like, Ozzy says he still hasn't released the Sgt. Pepper yet. Um, in my opinion, I think he did, and it was called Diary of a Madman. Which is a shame that he barely performs any of the songs off that album live anymore. Well, I mean, unfortunately, he, you know, poor guy had to postpone two of his most recent tours uh, due to his fall and due to his Parkinson's, Parkinson's disease, which, you know... I mean, I wish I could say speedy recovery to Ozzy, but Parkinson's is debilitating, and, you know, there's no cure for it, unfortunately. So, I just, you know, I do wish him well, because God knows what Ozzy Osbourne meant to me growing up as a kid, uh, whether it's his solo stuff or whether it was a Black Sabbath, which are my all-time favorite band. But that being said... It's got to be the worst Ozzy album I've ever heard. Um, and I was not expecting Diary of a Madman or Blizzard of Oz Part 2. I was not expecting that 
at all. But when you're putting out music that is supposed to define who you are as an artist or even who you are as a person at the moment, to me, it just it completely missed the mark. I... How do I put this? Okay. Tony Iommi wrote riffs you could hum. Randy Rhodes wrote riffs you could hum. Jakey e. Lee wrote riffs you could hum. As much as I dislike Zach Wilds, um, I do love the work that he did on albums such as No Rest for the Wicked, No More Tears, and... Uh, the other one, uh, Osmosis. And after Osmosis, Ozzy lost me. Not as a fan, but I can't say that I loved... Well, with the exception of Scream. I'll give Gus G all the credit in the world. He did a great job on that album. The, the album was great. But, I mean, up until Osmosis, to me, once you go past that, it's it's hard to say that any riffs written for Ozzy by any of the guitar players were memorable there's not one memorable freaking riff on this entire album and it sickens me to say that it's and and look i mean i i get it the man is in his 70s so of course you're gonna process his voice through every auto-tune plug-in that you can just to get it to, to sound in tune but I try to listen to the first four songs and I've never skipped like consecutive songs on an Ozzy album up until this one. And I wish no ill will towards him. And as much as I despise Sharon Osbourne, um, even though I never met the person, but in terms of her personality, I think she's abhorrible. Um, you know, I'm speaking strictly as a fan of Ozzy and with gratitude towards Sharon for saving Ozzy's life and giving us those first uh, seven solo albums. But this is if if this is god forbid Ozzy's last album this is not the way i want to go out i thought 13 by black sabbath was such a letdown because it just seemed to me like it was rehashed old black sabbath songs this was worse this was so much worse um 13 is paranoid compared to this in fact 13 ripped off paranoid gratefully i mean there was one song on there, I swear to God, it even sounded like the riff was directly lifted from Planet Caravan. But regardless, you know, I'd hate to say that maybe it's time for Ozzy to throw in the towel. Or if he's got one album left in him, which he apparently he says that he does. Then please, drop Post Malone Drop Andrew Watt. Get your freaking band back together. Get back together with Jake. I know Sharon can't stand Jake because of a contract dispute that happened all the way back to Bark of the Moon up until Ultimate Sin, which is what got him relieved of duty. 
after that tour was over. In case anyone doesn't know, Bob Daisley and Jakey Lee wrote the music and words for the entire album Bark of the Moon, specifically the title track, which Ozzy still performs to this day. Once the album was completed, recorded, being recorded, Sharon gave both Bob Daisley and Jakey Lee non-disclosure agreements, hello Mike Bloomberg, saying that they relinquished their rights to the songs to Ozzy, otherwise they forfeit their performance on the albums. And who knows if they even collect performance royalties for, the, for those albums. I think Bob Daisley still collects a paycheck from the first two as a writer, but that's it. Um, settle your beef with Jake, get back together with him, and like write a better album. Or get, as much as I dislike Zach Wilde as a guitar player, get Zach back. <sighs> Ozzy, your legacy cannot be left off with 13... And with ordinary men, I'm sorry, but that's the, the, you, you piss on your fans when you do that. Um, you know, people were shocked that I thought that the new Ozzy album was bad. I'm like, why were you? Why were you shocked? I was just giving my honest opinion. You know, it's an, it's not so much that I hold Ozzy Osbourne to a such a high standard. Well, you know, I, I guess in a way I, I do because, you know, like I said, his first two solo albums were perfect. Bark at the Moon, um, I skipped through So Tired. Ultimate Sin, in my opinion, was his last perfect album. Ralph Fierro will tell you otherwise. He doesn't like that album. He doesn't like Glossy, Glam Ozzy, and he's perfectly entitled to that opinion. And I respect that opinion. I'm not going to say he's wrong. Um, I just disagree with him. I think that Ultimate Sin was probably the last perfect solo album that he released. So, how can I not hold him up to such a good standard? Because, you know, in my opinion, you released three perfect albums. What's stopping you from continuing? How do you justify releasing, well, crap? You know, if, if your wife, who's your manager, is responsible for the quality control that comes out from, uh, you know, from your output, why can't that same standard be applied to your albums? So, you know, unfortunately, this is a situation where Ozzy's success is due to his wife. Now, I'm not saying that if you're a musician out there, I'm not saying don't let your wife, you know, be involved in what you're doing. But just be, I guess, if anything, just, just be careful. You know, and, and, and this is not... You know, I, I need I need to phrase this correctly because in today's politically correct climate, I'm I do not wanna say anything that may be interpreted as misogyny, which I'm not, but look, it's obvious Sharon 
has the final say on what everything Ozzy does from the music that he releases, from the tours that he does, um, everything. So I guess this is more in terms of the topic of a manager. You know, you if you have a manager, make sure that they put your best interests first, not their best interests. Because as much as Sharon may love Ozzy, and I, I, I like to think that she does, I don't think she's ever put his best interest before her. You know, part of the reason why Ozzy blew his voice out was because at one point he was doing double shows in the same towns, in the same venue, two days in a row. So as a headliner, you're supposed to be playing an hour 15, an hour 30 back in the day. He's doing three hour shows. No wonder he was so goofed up on coke and booze. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a, that, that's enough to drive anybody crazy. I mean, you know, you could love performing, but listen, my band Hard Drive, yeah, we do cover songs and we play for three hours, but look, there at one point, I think in 2019, we must have done 100 shows last year, and a lot of them were doubleheader weekends. Physically, you know, because we work full-time, all of us, and we have families, and we have things that we do outside of the band. When we're doing doubleheader weekends, playing Fridays and Saturdays, or playing Fridays, uh, you know, uh, playing uh, even at some points, uh, Tuesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and sometimes Sunday for good measure, you know, it's wear and tearing your physical being. I mean, there are times I think I had to roll myself from my car to the doorway to my job. <laughs> You know, it, it, it's tough when you're on up on stage performing under hot lights or it's a hot day or the venue doesn't have the air conditioner on this and that. And I'm not trying to sound like I'm entitled or anything, but, you know, some days you're going to have bad days, especially if like you're not well rested, you know, and all the freaking five hour energy drinks are not going to do you any justice. That, that's all I'm saying. You know, you need to be good to yourself physically Stay away from the drugs. Stay away from any chemicals. You know, if you like to have a drink, you know, unless you're an alcoholic, have your drink. Have two. Enjoy yourself. Relax. But don't get dependent on the booze. I don't drink when I'm home. I don't drink when I'm not at the venue. And if I do drink, I make sure that I get all that system, all that stuff out of my system before I drive myself and our basis dock home. Because I'm not going to put myself at risk. I don't want to put him at risk. I already need to put put repairs on my car. Because some stupid jackass. I'll refer to that person as a jackass. I'll leave him genderless. Crashed into my car. And um, while she was still moving. And the insurance decided um, that we're both at fault. So we both need to uh, pay for our own repairs. Yeah, that's justice. But regardless, you know, I mean, I need to save money to uh, to do that. And, you know, it, it happens. 
Anyone who's a musician out there, take care of yourself, take care of your health, because if you're no good to yourself, you're no good to anyone. You're no good to the audience. You're no good to your bandmates. So I'm sorry. I don't like the new Ozzy album. And, you know... Uh, it's it, it 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 makes it easier. I'm not saying that it, that it's making it easier for me to dislike Ozzy, even though that there are a lot of things that Sharon did that I I can't stand. I can't stand the fact that in the '80s, when Iommi was continuing Black Sabbath without him, you know, apparently Sharon would call the venues up and say, "If you want Ozzy, cancel the Sabbath show." If they were playing in the same venue at different points in time. Like really, what threat could a show a month after a month after or before Ozzy performs, what good is that going to do you? You know? Like people want to say uh Ozzy's uh Sabbath, uh, uh you know, he uh, he he could join anybody and play Sabbath. Man, go kill yourself. As far as I'm concerned, Ozzy's not Sabbath because he left. Dio's not Sabbath. Rest in peace, Dio. Because he wasn't an original member and he left. Bill Ward. To me, that is the sound of Black Sabbath's drums. And when he left, a big part of that jazz influence was gone. And he locked in with Geezer Butler better than any other drummer. But Iommi stayed throughout the whole thing. He stayed throughout the spinal tap trappings of everything that Sabbath had experienced. From multiple singers, of which I made a post on Facebook of that, where somebody actually added to my post and gave me a list of five other singers that were involved with Sabbath, which I completely forgotten. Countless bass players, countless drummers. So as far as I'm concerned, if Iommi's not in it, it's not Sabbath. And I will take that to the grave. You know, Ozzy had established himself as a solo artist. Um, as far as I'm concerned with Blizzard of Oz and up until... You know, he did his first retirement tour. I mean, the man was on top of the world. So, you know, I knew of Ozzy when he was not in Sabbath. Iommi was the was the only ever constant in that entire group. So, as far as I'm concerned, he should have full ownership of the name. Because he never bailed. Ozzy bailed, and then he sued Iommi in 2010... Right around the time that Ronnie James Dio had passed away, for 50% ownership of the name Black Sabbath. Go to hell, Sharon Osbourne, you greedy broad. And if you're listening to this podcast, please, please message me on Facebook directly. Okay? Facebook.com slash music is life, Lou Mavs. And tell me to say it to your face, and I will. 
I have no respect for you whatsoever as a human being. As a manager, I think you're evil. If the Antichrist had a facelift, it would look like you. And, you know, it's it's like the cover of the Iron Maiden album. You know, it, it, it's like it's where, where Eddie's got the de- uh, devil on the puppet strings and, you know, the... Uh, and 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 the uh, <laughs> and then the the devil has Eddie on puppet strings, but it's Eddie controlling everything. Yeah, you're Eddie. You're Eddie on the number of the Beast album cover. Oh, and by the way, go to hell for seriously throwing eggs at Iron Maiden at Ozfest 2005 in San Bernardino, and the same goes to you, Zach Wild. Another reason why I can't stand you. Pelting eggs and maiden. Freaking overrated hack. Overrated hack of a guitar player. Sometimes I wish that guitar was a chainsaw and you chopped your bloody hands off. Never play again. Save us all from all the pinch harmonics. Hey, everybody, here's a great idea. Here's a great drinking contest. Every time Zach Wilde plays a pinch harmonic, take a shot. The first person, sta- uh, the last person standing loses because you're still hearing all of the damn um, <laughs> pitch harmonics. But regardless, that's all I have to say about managers in the music industry. Learn from Sharon. Learn from Ozzy. Don't be with a Sharon. That's all I got to say about that. Now on to my next subject. Politics in music. I can't stand politics in music. I can't stand it. When I was young, when I was younger, I guess you could say I was pretty radical. I believed in ideologies such as social justice. I believed in all those things. And then reality hit me. And... I realized that the music of Raging as the Machine was bullshit. And I'll explain why. Because growing up, Raging as a Machine would sell t-shirts of their band logo with the Red Communist Star with Che Guevara on the star. And I didn't know who Che Guevara was till I actually did some research of him by myself. And I found out that he was a Marxist slash communist lawyer, doctor, whatever he was, who decided to have a people's revolution Killed children, killed minorities, killed gay people. And I've heard some people refer to him as the second coming of Jesus. Because he started a people's revolution. And I think it's sickening that people would even refer to what he did as truly a revolution. The American Revolution was a revolution. 
because it was the United States of America standing up against the tyranny of the king for their own freedom. Now, you could say what you want about, uh, you know, the fact that the white man came over and took the land from the indigenous Americans. Well, guess what? My family came in, it came to this country in 1968, not 1668, okay? My family were not settlers. They were immigrants who applied for visas to come here legally. My dad worked here and my mom raised us until they became legal citizens themselves the right way. And my father left Greece in 1968 because he despised the fact that it was becoming socialist. And he said, I'll be damned if I let the government tell my kids what to do with their lives. So rather than put us through a situation where if we didn't, um, you know, fall under, you know, rule like that. He thought it was better to bring us to a land where, hey, at least there's an opportunity for you to go to college or go to trade school, you know, but you can get an education. You can make a better life for yourself. You know, you can get a house. You can, you know, marry who you love and, you know, raise a family on your own and, you know, things like that. Like, these are things that my dad, you know, put in my head about America. And I said, gee, that sounds like a really cool place. And I didn't appreciate it until I became a homeowner, until I had a child myself. And to me, freedom is the most important thing. And when you're living in, like, you know, Che Guevara land or Castro's Cuba, what freedom do you have? Bernie Sanders apparently was just exposed for saying that, like, the Cuban dictatorship was not as bad as, you know, people made it out to be. No, you know, uh, yeah, great literacy program. Look at their hospitals. Look at their, look at their, uh, <laughs> look at the, uh, the conditions they're living in. Why are the Castros in such high power and why are the people living in poverty? You know, you can make the same argument for Venezuela. You can make the same argument for, uh, the time that uh, Che Guevara was in power. And when he was killed, I thought he got off easy. So, for Rage Against the Machine to herald Che Guevara as some kind of hero, I think it's completely disrespectful to uh, people who truly value freedom and truly value the U.S. Constitution and are trying to do the right thing for the people. And I'll never understand how a band who worships at the altar of Che Guevara could even sign to a major label like Sony back in 1992. Being funded by a capitalist company to promote communism and socialism and Marxist revolutions and, and, and all that stuff. And it makes me even sick to know that 
their ticket prices today are as high as they are. And I find it hilarious that they're playing Coachella, which is the biggest gathering of hipsters in California. And if anybody who's listening to the this, to, to this show in California is offended by what I have to say, I don't care. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be caught dead in California. That's all I got to say about that. You, uh, you know, Bloom, Mike Bloomberg wants to say that we should all model ourselves after California. Why? Why? New York is almost on its way, and I can't stand it. Like, if I could teleport my family to Jupiter at this point, I would. But anyway. So, Rage Against the Machine, Coachella, $500 tickets. And Rage Against the Machine decides that they want to defend their reasons for playing Coachella. Sorry, I'm not buying what you're selling, Tom Morello. And I put you in the same category of of guitar players as I do Zach Wilde. You're overrated. You've contributed nothing uh, to the instrument. Your guitar sounds like an AR-15 that's just vomiting. There's nothing. Okay, I'll put you an example. I want everybody to YouTube Game of Thrones guitar version with Nuno Betancourt, Scott Ian playing rhythm, uh, two of the um, uh, producers of Game of Thrones on, on guitar as well, Brad Paisley and Tom Morello. Nuno Betancourt kills it. Brad Paisley kills what Nuno Betancourt does. All due respect to Nuno. Tom Morello, shit. Just shit. (sighs) And, you know, if anybody out there wants to go and support Rage Against the Machine, by all means, go ahead. I'm not one to stop you. But all I'm going to say is this. In today's world of transparency, when someone is still sticking to a narrative that's based on lies, ask yourself if you really want to support them. Do you really want to support a musician who says that they stand for something? Meanwhile, their actions show the opposite of, of, of what they stand for. And if you want to go ahead and say, oh, well, a guy's got to eat. A guy's got to feed his family. Really? Fugazi went around playing $10 ticket shows at every city they played. Fugazi lived by their mission statement, which was to never overcharge fans, to have always made sure that Their ticket prices were affordable. And to never charge more than $10. And if they couldn't work it out with a venue, then they go to a venue where they could work it out with them. So I respect the hell out of Fugazi. I've I've always respected Ian McKay from uh, Minor Threat and for for what he does. I can't say that I have that same respect for Tom Morello. I used to 
when I was younger, but you know what? I'm a little older, I'm much wiser, and I'm just not buying what um what what, what he's selling. You know, and and uh Tim C wants to go on TMZ.com and call, you know, everyone who disagrees with his political opinion a racist. Yeah, way to divide your fan base, jackass. Oh, and Brad Wilk, you did a horrible job playing drums on Black Sabbath 13. And Zach De La Roca, Mr. You know, support the Sandinistas, whatever. You could just GFY. <sighs> and while I'm on the subject of Che Guevara, I'd like to also call out Carlos Santana for releasing t-shirts with Che Guevara's likeness on it. Same image done by Jim Fitzpatrick, who is also well known for designing all the Thin Lizzy album covers. Um, much respect to you for the great artwork you've done for Thin Lizzy, but the fact that you 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 you've placed Che Guevara on such a pedestal where you've made a mural of him that you decided to give to free for ultra left wing causes, you know, it sickens me. And the fact that Carlos Santana is selling t-shirts with that scumbag's image on it, you know, like I, I, I'll be honest with you, I never really respected Carlos Santana. You know, like BB King could play five notes, but he could make those five notes sing. Carlos Santana plays those same five notes and I'm bored out of my skull. Maybe what he did in the back in the day with Abraxas when he had Greg Rowley and and uh, Michael Shreve and Neil Schoen in his band. Okay. I'll give you that. That was good. But other than that, yeah, I, I think he's... A, also overrated you know like I just I just don't like him and 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 seeing him you know with the with the stupid fedora wearing you know uh you know like affliction clothes with a uh with a uh Che Guevara t-shirt I mean it just makes me dislike you that much more so look I'm not going to begrudge anyone their political opinion. You know, you can think what you want, but if you're using politics to sell your image, I'm sorry. I want no part of it. And I don't know anyone in their right mind who does. I used to be a huge Boy Sets Fire fan uh, when I was in college up until, you know, my uh, my mid-20s. And then the more and more I listened to them, I was just like, you know, I, I can't relate to this. I mean, I used to think the music was loud and aggressive and, and punk rock and I was all about it. But then it's like, as I got older, I'm just like, why your rage? You know, why the rage? You know, and, and I did used to be a supporter of like ultra left wing causes, but like I, to be quite honest, the left's gone nuts. <laughs> You know, and like when and for the record, I don't even like it when Ted Nugent 
goes on his political ramblings. I don't like it when Ted Nugent does it. I don't like it when Tom Morello does it. I don't like it when Carlos Santana does it. I don't like it when Sebastian Bach, formerly of Skid Row, does it. Leave your goddamn politics out of my music. Leave it out of entertainment. You know, and having a Twitter account doesn't make you a freaking genius when it comes to social matters. <clears throat> I've learned a long time ago, especially in a position where I am, where I have a full-time job. I'm in the customer service industry as an Uber driver. I'm a husband and I'm a father and I'm a musician. I always have to take into account that anything that I do or say is representative of my people, you know, my family, my friends. And I would never want to do anything that's ever embarrassing to them. Some people are shameless. And that's their right to be. I want no part of it. Um, what was the point I was getting at? Um, oh, yeah. So... I remember I posted on Facebook a couple of weeks ago that I'm less willing to discuss or to leave an open forum for anything um, on my social media, primarily because I don't want to speak on anything that I'm not a subject matter ex subject matter expert on. I feel like if I if I did that, then I. I'm just talking out of my backside and I don't want to do that. The reason why I said that was because the week before I'd gotten into a very visible public debate with someone who was a former uh, co-worker of mine who I would call her an ardent uh, political leftist progressive what have you. And she kept on trying to bully her opinion on me. And I just kept fact-checking her. And I think she couldn't take it because all of a sudden she brought up, you know, Antifa. And I said, if you don't think Antifa are really fascists for the violence that they cause on unarmed people and for the vandalism that they cause towards people that they have a difference of opinion with, if you don't think they're fascists, then obviously there's, there's, there's something wrong. And she said, <laughs> if I can remember what she said, because I found it hilarious, she said, only a fascist would think Antifa were fascists. So you must be a fascist. I was like, you know, if you're going to insult me when you're trying to defend your argument, then you don't have an argument. And, you know, she's, she said, you know, people like you are a threat to our democracy. And I'm like, please keep in mind, the United States of America is a constitutional republic. We vote democratically for our local representatives from our council people to our senators to our mayors to our governors our president is voted elect is voted electorally 
So we're not really a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. And then she said, this is where you're wrong. We're a democratic republic. So I said, what the hell is a democratic republic? So I Googled it. And it came up that East Germany, when the Berlin Wall was still up, was a democratic republic. And apparently, they didn't have elections. And if they did, they weren't frequent. So I said, so essentially you're saying we're East Germany. And she unfriended me. Listen, I'm not saying that I'm a subject matter expert on anything. I know a little this. I know a little that. I drink and I know things. Tyrion Lannister. Thank you. But I... uh, <laughs> but if 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 you're going to try and like feed me information then I'm going to check it because if there's one thing I've learned having been playing music live as long as I have having been involved in music scenes as long as I have having seen the best and the worst of people and to every musician out there, take heed about what I'm going to say. Do not trust anyone unless you have all the facts for yourself. Get it in writing. Look up certain people. Look at their history. Find out for yourself if you if you are willing to go out on a limb for anything or anyone whether it's a political cause or whether it's a person you're seeing or a promoter. Because if anything that someone wants to give you provides a high level of toxicity, then I think it's best for you to walk away. Walk away, lick your wounds, Come back and fight another day. Be smarter and do your due diligence and find out truth for yourself. Find out which clubs are worth playing. Find out which promoters are worth working with. Find out everything that you can about what you need to know. Hell, you know what? They took civics out of the classroom, but study up on the law a little bit. Study up on, you know, like what's legal and what's illegal in the line of work that you want to do. Find out, like, if someone's trying to screw you over on something, be prepared and know what the law is. This way, they can't do it to you. And above all, make sure you sign a goddamn contract. And lastly, just... Cover your ass. CYA. That rule applies to any career path in life. Just cover yourself. And don't buy into what people are selling you just because it sounds nice. And don't let people bully you. Okay? I, I think in the end, it's better to be hated for what you are than loved for what you're not. 
And above all, just treat people how you want to be treated. All right? Don't don't impose your will on people and don't 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 try to be don't you could be vulnerable about around specific people like the people that you trust people that you know would have your back any chance at, at any time it's all right to be vulnerable on those people but at the same time though don't leave yourself open for 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 a world of hurt because you really need to take into account that people are going to lie to you so they can get what they want. Whether it's someone in the industry, whether it's someone personal, just just cover yourself. Don't give yourself room to be hurt. I don't wish that on anyone. You know, suicide rates are pretty high right now. People feeling depression it's at an all-time high right now because scumbags want to ruin it for all of us as musicians don't let them do it to you don't feel like you're alone you're not you know every christmas i post on my facebook i say uh you know that i wish everyone well i i i wish that everyone was having you know a good time with their loved ones and you know, enjoying the holiday spirit. But I also know that there may be people out there that are suffering. You know, that maybe they lost a job, maybe they lost a loved one, maybe they lost a pet. You know, and I always say, if you're feeling lonely this holiday season, call me, text me, message me. I'm here for you. You know, and... um one thing that I try to do is I try to give back to younger musicians, whether it's advice or whether it's, you know, um, letting them, you know, play my guitar for a little bit just so they can see what it feels like or giving them a couple of guitar picks, you know, and just making them feel like, you know, what they do provides value to them and making them feel like one day they can provide that value to somebody else. You know, I, I like doing that for younger, for, for, for kids, and you know, I don't ever want to ruin anyone's dreams. I, 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 I believe that people in a society do better when, you know, they, they, they have a boost. You're not always going to get validation because, you know, that's unrealistic. Some people out there just don't care about you enough to, you know, to give you that validation. But at the same time, though. A little act of kindness can go a long way for someone. You don't know if, if if someone is feeling troubled at the moment. They're thinking about ending it. Just shoot them a message. Just say, hey, how you doing? You know, you things like that. You could probably save somebody's life. It'd probably make somebody feel, hey, I'm liked. You know? So to any musician out there who is feeling down or whatever, you know, hit me up on my Facebook, facebook.com slash musicislifeflumavs.com. Sorry, not .com, just musicislifeflumavs. That's my Facebook page. You know, if you're feeling down in the dumps, just 
give me a message. You know, and and I'd like, I want to start promoting the Facebook page because I want to start making it a point that I'm legitimate when I say, hey, I'm here for you if, if you need a friend. I'm here for you if you need advice. I want to see young musicians make it. I want to see musician friends of mine still continue to thrive and be happy doing what they're doing. You know, just leave the politics out of it. Leave the politics out. Leave the greed out. You know, there is money to be made out there. Especially in, you know, your local music scene. Just, you know, like, remember that kindness goes a long way better than being a scumbag. So that's all I want to say about that. That's my podcast for uh, for today. And, uh, you know, thanks everybody for tuning in. A couple of shout-outs I want to give. Uh, Shout-out to um, J-Cab Morris and uh, Yakuza Kick Radio. And also to his friend Nico Sozio and his podcast, Struggling with Sozio. Um, he just had J-Cat on his show where J-Cat talked about how his sobriety led to him changing his life and becoming athletic and doing, I think he said almost 20 races or something like that. So, you know, good on J-Cat. And, uh, you know, thank you again to Wayne and the Ratsaw Review Network. Um, all the respect in the world to Rafaela of Vieira Vault and... I'm very sorry that his podcast with uh, Ian Wadley, the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, unfortunately, is no longer around. Um, I wish them both continued success. And a uh, big shout out to Decibel Geek, Aaron and Chris. Uh, keep up the great work with what you're doing. Uh, big shout out to Talking Maiden. Uh, that's Josh Nesbitt up in Newfoundland, Canada. Hey. And. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Anyways, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, hope everyone has a great day, and I wish you all the best. Take care. Bye.